What's up, guys? Welcome to the Conversion Podcast with your hosts, Matt Chachik and myself, Peter Fendera. This is a podcast where we talk about current health news and hot news and topics, one conversation at a time. Thank you guys for tuning in on this new episode of Cup of News. We've got some cool topics heading for you guys, but first I want to say thank you for your support. I want to say low-key, we got a Patreon out, officially out, because you know we're going to say it again. we got a few episodes pulled, so if you guys want to check out some more of our controversial content you could say or just check us out a little bit more with our patreon it's called that loud and whoever's listening make sure you subscribe on youtube give us the like and the stars on spotify on apple and make sure you subscribe to our to our vlogs and what's up matt how you doing great baby feeling like a million bucks ready to roll and those that are listening or listen to cup of news episode 31 or are wondering why isn't it popping up on your newsfeed on spotify well it got pulled so if you want to listen to it it's either available on Apple or YouTube. And I think it's a very great one. We got some good feedback on that one. So make sure you check that one out. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about the association between e-cigarettes and gut inflammation, specifically to the TJ Junction. And also we're going to talk about CRISPR-Cas9 technology we talked about before. And it's so damn cool. I want to talk about it again. Yeah, e-cigarettes have definitely popped up a few years ago, man. And I definitely see a lot of people smoking e-cigarettes then. Than regular cigarettes. Yeah, especially at the clubs back then when, we want to say back then, like last year, mm-hmm. when things were open, everyone was kind of vaping and hitting it at the bars and stuff, yeah. you know, it was like a little trend. Yeah, and like, you know, cigarettes put off that odor, so you can't really smoke it inside, so like a vape is a very easy and convenient alternative compared to trying to light a cigarette, you know, in the club or at a bar, you can't really do that, but if you hit a quick vape, you know, nobody can really notice. Yeah, and it first started off where it was accessible, you can smoke, and then they kind of banned it, and... Now, now the question is whether it's actually safe to use. A lot of people say it's safer than cigarettes, but the aerosols that are coming from the vapors, that's questionable what it's doing to the lungs and things like that. So we looked up a study here. It actually came out the 5th of January, so it's brand new. And the way they analyzed this is they used a method called transcriptomics, and they basically transcribed the RNA of the, um, the gut bacteria and specifically also the the gut cell wall they they took it on a petri dish and they trying to they, they were trying to figure out what's exactly happening so this this process takes your rna transcribes it and you're able to f- uh, figure out the genome genome meaning when you have the study of epigenetics it's actually trying to find out what the environment is producing what kind of gene because that protein aka the gene is going to dictate the information that your DNA receives and how it's going to react to the environment. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a legit process. Dude. Yeah, I know, right? So <laughs> they took these mice and they studied chronic e-cigarette uses, right? In- inhalation. So long-term, not acute. They took the colon, they did the transcripting method, and they basically assessed. And just keep in, th- uh, keep in mind, this study revealed that it's the association between the e-cigarette like juices, not specifically nicotine. So what happened is they analyzed this and it showed that it created inflammation and reduced the expression of the tight junction markers, TJ. So why is this TJ junction so important? So it's literally part of the cell wall. Just imagine having like the gut bacteria with having like cells side by side. And what happens is when this junction is inflamed, it actually creates space in between it. So normally it's a tight junction. You can't have anything crossed through the barrier. Once it opens up, swells up, you have um, 
pathogens, you have bacteria that could kind of cross the barrier, could cause inf- um, inflammation, infections, and it, um, what else does it do? There we go. Uh, capillary leakage, it's actually associated with pulmonary edema and also gut bacteria translocation, meaning if you have gut bacteria that's hanging out in the gut, it's fine there. But once it goes through this membrane, it could actually cause a lot of issues in the body because that's not where the bacteria is supposed to be. Right. Think of like an opportunistic infection, right? Your bacteria is going to going to grow wherever it can as long as it has the, the nutrition, right? Bacteria is not going to say, hey, uh, you know, this is lung uh, tissue. We're not going to grow here, right? They don't care. They just go and if they can grow, they can grow. And it's interesting to look look back a few years ago there was some kind of additive or some kind of um, ingredient in, in the vape juices that was causing people to have serious like lung damage. Yeah. Or causing to have like, like you said, capillary leakage again, but in, in the lungs compared to like the GI tract, a lot of pulmonary edema, people were literally dying from this. And, and a lot of people think that e-cigarettes are a lot safer because they don't have as much chemicals as, as regular cigarettes. But no matter what you're inhaling, you're going to cause some kind of inflammation in, in the lungs. And this is actually pretty crazy because this study is showing that not only is, is this inhaled, inhaled like e-cigarette or, or vape not only causing inflammation in your lungs, but it's also extending all the way to your GI tract. Yeah, and it's not like it's the vapors are traveling. Like what's happening is inhaling these juices somewhere down the line of producing these genes, right? It down-regulates this protein. So once you don't have this information, your DNA doesn't have the message to like stay tight almost. That's the way I kind of envision it. So the lacking that protein, it causes the cell walls of our gut to actually like separate a little bit that could lead to leaky gut. And it's interesting because like when we first started like back then with DNA, we thought that everything is fixed, correct? You have DNA information and it's not, not going to change. It is fixed. It's, you know, passed on through family and family. And now like epigenetics got introduced like maybe just in the 90s and it's like that is it called a Venn diagram? Those two circles back in elementary school. And those circles are kind of crisscrossing and everything in the middle is you. So the way you were raised and born or the way you were born, you have a set of genetics and then also an environment is regulating these genes. Mm. So just because you might have a healthy gut now, eventually eating these processed foods down regulate specific genes and you don't have the exact information to carry out the tasks that your body normally does. Yeah. And it's interesting to look at. I'm glad you brought up the Venn diagram because that's basically it's like nature versus nurture kind of thing. And now we're able to, with with genomics, and we're going going to go into a little bit as CRISPR is you could actually kind of change up this nature side, right? That's what we're kind of getting into. Yeah. So it's just like you can now change the environment, and so the thing is, it's a lot harder to change like a child's environment, right? If you think about it, it's not based off. Off the child's choice. Right? Are we it jumping just, into CRISPR? No, I'm just giving okay. examples. So, like, it's a lot harder to to predict what the child's gonna go through their environment, right? Yeah. But you can give him, them a better chance at life theoretically if you adjust their genes, right? So, if you mess with the nature side, you could potentially take away the negative drawbacks from the environment side. Yeah. Right. So it's pretty cool to look at because you never know how this kid's gonna grow up. You never know what kind of families he's gonna be put in. But if you could genetically set him up for success, I guess that's going to kind of pass over to the nurture. That's that's almost like what we talked about, those designer babies, man, Mm -hmm. where in the future might get a little bit weird where it's going to be like going to the store. Like instead of you picking up your puppy and stuff and finding the one, you could literally come to this computer shop, 
pick out your baby's eyes, pick, the, you know, what, how you want it, how do you want them to look when they're older? And they're just going to be able to be, modify a baby based on those likes. Yeah. When that happens, you can say bye-bye to your gender reveal businesses, you know, because you're going to pick whatever you want for that baby if you come to yeah. that. Right. And I'm sure there is, is somewhere in the world where you could modify kids. I mean, I will to do it a bit, a little bit later about the whole like China and, and, um, and CRISPR. Or, I was bringing or, up China, man, every episode. That's where it happened. You know, if it happened, know. if it happened in Poland, I would say Poland, but that's kind of where it is. But I'm sure people are generally modifying their baby somewhere or, you know, probably some kind of lab. I'm sure stuff's going down because they got research somehow, but they can't really make it public knowledge, it's right? It's illegal. Like same with the atomic bomb, like research was being done on atomic bomb, but nobody said, hey, we're working on an atomic bomb, right? That's kind of like the Loki stuff. And I'm sure a lot of people died in that process and a lot of people got hurt. But just something you do that's kind of on a sketchier side. But somehow it's going to change the future, right? So it's like the Loki kind of stuff that happens in the world. That is mind-blowing. And we know about the Loki kind of stuff because they took, off, took us off Spotify for that. Exactly. So that means we're on to something for sure. We're yeah. following some kind of breadcrumbs. Yeah. So this flows beautifully into CRISPR-Cas9. Uh, we did a episode way back when, like in our early early days, uh, regarding CRISPR-Cas9 because it was so interesting. It's probably when it first started popping off. But I will explain to you guys what CRISPR is real quick on Cas9. So CRISPR, it's basically um, it's part of a DNA. It's basically a DNA segment. It's called CRISPR arrays. So when you have a bacteria and then a virus invades that bacteria, the bacteria, is once it fights it off, it's able to put a segment of DNA into its DNA to predict how that virus gets killed right it's like our immune system same way but this instead of white blood cells this is actually using rna and dna to remember this this virus right yeah. so crispr crispr is actually the segment of memory that holds the knowledge of how to destroy a virus yeah that, that the, that's bacteria's pr protection mechanism like its own little weapon yeah well that's just a segment of so that's why people get confused so crispr is just a segment of of, of nucleotides that produces an attack on the virus, right? But actually the Cas9 is actually the enzyme that actually takes this code of DNA, reads it, and then implants that material into the invading virus. So Cas9 is the actual mechanism. CRISPR is just a strand of DNA. You could picture CRISPR as the memory, and then Cas9 is the one that fulfills that memory. And that's the one that actually does the, the whole process. Okay? So it's pretty cool. So there's three main things that we could do with CRISPR, and it's pretty crazy. We could actually disrupt the DNA sequence. We could just cut it and let it figure itself out. We could delete it so we could actually take a nucleotide sequence and completely omit that. And then put the rest of the, the DNA or RNA together, right? And then we could also correct and insert. So we could actually insert genetic material, genetic information into someone's DNA via the RNA, uh, like the RNA process, which is pretty, pretty crazy because this gives us, this literally allows us to have the power to manipulate change or disrupt dna sequences yeah like coming from like a christian standpoint like this is god's hand basically you have god's hand and you're able to manipulate the environment you want in any kind of way mm -hmm. and you also are able to per, um, manipulate the birth of a baby and how it is and all that like that's that's not imaginable back in the day yeah. like and that's where like well, that's, not its only, that's not its only use though like you know you could of course you know we like to go like straight to like the um straight as far as, as you can go you know yes. before we even reach that kind of stage like like there's other basic stuff that we have to learn about crispr cas9 to kind of get to that that area yeah and what's actually interesting is that scientists are finding out that not only is there a crispr cas9 system there's actually different kinds of kind of use like crispr cas9 so there's different 
ways bacteria fight off viruses that's not via this method. And it's actually cool because we're learning different ways to kind of mess with the genetic sequence. And not only in one way via the CRISPR-Cas9, but there's also other ways. So if CRISPR-Cas9 doesn't work for, for one system, well, we could try a different one. And it's going to try and do the same thing. So there's multiple mechanisms of this that, that, gene editing technology. Correct. So there's, yeah, basically, yeah. So there's different kinds of ways to do this, but they're all doing it the same way. Yeah. You know I'm saying? And if, and CRISPR is an actual stock. It's an actual company that you could invest in. So if you guys are interested in purchasing stocks or you guys do any kind of things, like this is probably a high level stock to pick up in the future. Yeah. But um, there's like, I mean, it's not patented. So like there's other companies that, that basically do this. So not as has to be just CRISPR, the company CRISPR itself. It's just like a convenient ticker. There's like other companies that do the same thing. Yeah. So there's different companies that have the same technology, but CRISPR is actual technology. And when I'm looking at like their website, a lot of um, cancer medication they have, it's in clinical trials right now. So once that company actually has its technology, that's when you can see it being placed on a market. But that's like five years down the line or so. It's yeah. going to take some time. If that, I mean, who knows? So yeah, like Matt was mentioning that they're using CRISPR a lot nowadays for for cancer therapies. So I'll bring it back to the whole um, China ordeal. So CRISPR initially started off, I guess you could say. So what made CRISPR really big and what kind of blew it up is when this news came out with um, a doctor and scientist in China trying to create HIV-resistant babies. So this guy's name was He Yaniku, and he edited the first genome to human babies in 2018, so a few years ago. So these, these children are actually growing up right now. And initially, his, his role was to help people with fertility problems, specifically in HIV-positive fathers and HIV-negative mothers. So he already had a pretty extensive background knowledge of HIV in general. And they found out that there's this gene called CCR5. And when it's activated and expressed, it actually makes the person resistant to a certain strain of HIV. And I'm not sure if you guys know this, that there's different strains of HIV as well. So there's different ways to fight it off. So when you guys think of like a, like a disease, like perfectly, like in perfect time right now, like COVID-19, there's gonna be different strains of it, you know? So prepare yourselves for that and whatever you wanna think of it. Think, think on your own, but, but yeah, there's different strains of HIV. So this CCR5 gene, if that's expressed, like I said, then it will make the person resistant to a specific kind of HIV. And he actually went in there, used CRISPR-Cas9, and in the embryo, he implanted this ex gene expression, and there was two twins born in 2018 that are theoretically supposed to be resistant to that strain of HIV. And there was another child born in 2019. Supposedly, they, they were born healthy. Uh, the issue with this is this is very unethical as of right now. And this guy was actually, you know, um, charged by the Chinese government and he's supposedly somewhere in prison. So we haven't heard anything from him since then. But supposedly, these, these children are, are healthy. Their names are Lulu and Nana. And then, like I said, the third one was born in 2019. I'm not sure what the name was. But that's actually pretty crazy, dude. Yeah, in the name of science, he definitely created a roadmap like of the possibilities yeah. but it wasn't ethical and he you know ended up where he is yeah. but the thing is with this it's like great that these children are resistant to hiv but the crazy thing about it is we're not sure what that change in the genomic sequence is going to cause or what's what's, what's going to cascade into right yeah. because once we change one genetic sequence guess what? Everything else has changed too because you mess with one part. So now all the parts are, are out of line. And you know how you first, you know, introduce this technology and it's all dandy. 
what's going to happen with a few generations down the line of continuously genetically kind of modifying right like we don't know these repercussions like i think gmos were introduced not too long ago into our food system and everything like we're technically in the human trials of having gmo in your environment Mm -hmm. so we're going to see how our population reacts to this right and supposedly there's a lot of things that say that it's you know not healthy and all that Mm -hmm. the next thing for crispr so another technology it has actually is it has an ability to fight off cancer and we talked about this with um Rick, you remember? Mm. So these scientists developed something called CAR-T immunotherapy. So these researchers, their job is to basically program a T cell to kill off a specific cancer. So what do they do? They genetically engineer this T cell to have a specific uh, receptor to recognize the patient's cancer cell. So that T cell has basically a set of instructions to attack this cancer that's kind of going undetected in the body. Mm. I think that's pretty dope that they're testing it out with uh, CRISPR. Yeah, you never know. Like I said, there's very stubborn cancers out there. And the main issue with cancer is being able to target and identify these cancer cells, right? Because usually when we do chemo, we target high proliferating cells, right? Which a lot of times is going to affect our our skin, our liver cells is going to attack, attack just those kind of cells in general, right? We can't really just target the cancer. Certain cancers we can, but majority of them, we're using the approach where we try to eliminate as much cancer cells as possible. And sometimes that happens to also destroy our good cells as well. It must be crazy if you, we could genetically implement material for our cells to actually recognize which cancer, which cell is cancer, which one isn't. Yeah, even um, I was looking at their website as well, what like their res- what kind of research they're doing. Imagine cystic fibrosis, this you know disease that causes so many issues and kids you know die so early from it. Imagine genetically engineering and healing cystic fibrosis from kids. Mm. That'd be that'd be revolutionary. Yeah, and just like any kind of like chronic debilitating diseases, right? That'll be that'd be but then we go on the path. So there's longer we stay alive, the more issues we find with ourselves, right? Medically. Definitely. Correct, right? So there before when we were living to our thirties or forties, cancer wasn't as prevalent. Now we're living to be 80, 90, 100. cancer is, is more prevalent now, right? So once we start fixing these chronic diseases that we have now what's going to develop next right there's always going to be something down the line you can't just live forever unless to figure that way for us who knows forever, bro right? but that'd be crazy there's always something next there's always something ready to kill us next you know yeah you're, you're making me think of a movie because as these technologies advance there's going to be different kinds correct mm. one of them is like bioengineering and creating organs like in petri dishes eventually they're going to be able to create like a like a liver like a pair of lungs imagine how weird that's gonna get and like this movie specific specifically it's called the island so these these humans thought that like they don't even humans so they're clones so the government was cloning these bodies or this private company and they they thought that like they're extinct in mars and there's no civilization but there's this last piece of earth and if you win this golden ticket you get to go to this paradise Mm. so they had this like lottery ticket in there and they thought when they the, the people leave this base that they're going to go to paradise, but really they're just getting killed off because the donor of the clone needs like a freaking transplant of like a heart or lung or liver. And then they eventually, these clones find out and to escape and all that. Damn. Like it's a whole trip. So imagine in the future if we have private corporations that are harvesting clones for like rich ass donors. Like, you know, the guy from Southwest needed a heart transplant. Mm-hmm. Well, imagine he already has a clone ready to go whatever organ shuts down. That'll be crazy. Dude. I know. Imagine if they're bringing that in space, dude. 
they have little capsules of like like 500 humans that are just being grown from from embryo to like 30 years old just to be harvested as as yeah. like further organs like they're in like a little capsule and they're getting fed they get all the nutrition that, that they need scientists have calculated the amount of nutrition needed to make a a healthy human being probably got an ng tube or a tube man yeah it's always sedated no consciousness just there for organs and that and you wouldn't know you're alive right yeah it sounds super unethical but eventually i think like with enough like i don't know manipulation will just make make think it's like they're gonna think it's just you know another walk in the park in a way mm-hmm. they're gonna accept it just like the whole thing of uh free speech right now like they're just like deleting you know accounts like is that free speech technically it is but we're just allowing it to happen and we have so much hatred that we're just going along with it yeah so another thing that crispr cas9 is kind of being used to treat is certain blood disorders so red blood cells use hemoglobin to pick up oxygen from the lungs and deliver it to the body so the most the two major issues with blood disorders that crispr is being worked on right now is sickle cell disease and beta thalassemia so with beta thalassemia eventually it gets so severe that People get super anemic and they get fatigued and it eventually leads to like an organ damage is because there's not enough hemoglobin and it's not the proper size and it's inefficient, right? So with the CRISPR-Cas9, instead of, they're, they're like a clever workaround. So instead of actually going into uh, this this red blood cell and fixing the hemoglobin because they found that to be inefficient, they actually decided to go into the embryo and make fetal hemoglobin because we don't produce any fetal, glo- fetal hemoglobin after after we leave the womb. Yeah. So there's thinking that it's more efficient for them to go in and increase the amount of fetal hemoglobin to compensate for the damaged hemoglobin yeah. from sickle cell disease and beta thalassemia. So we'll see what happens in, in the future, but that, that's crazy, dude. Like they're able to go in that deep. So instead of saying, hey, let's not genetically fix this hemoglobin, we're just going to go into the beginning of, of life and actually produce more fetal hemoglobin so they could compensate for that hemoglobin that's going to be damaged. Right? Isn't that crazy, yeah. dude? Like, I can't wrap my mind around right? it. That, that's the technology that's, you know, being played Like, out. how do you think of that? Like, scientists comes up to you, hey, guys, uh, we can't fix the hemoglobin. Think about, think about something else. How are, how's we going to do this? Like, we can't do it. And some dude's like, all right, well, let's go into an embryo and make more. These are some smart people yeah. out there, man. Yeah, there's, there's people that are doing what we're doing, but in a different way, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're doing nursing or troubleshooting electronic equipment or something. They're just like... Gen- genetically engineering like whatever you know mm-hmm. like okay this process ain't gonna work let's figure out what other you know process we could take care right. of and stuff even the last one that we have on here is eye disease so lca i can't, i don't know if i can pronounce this leber congenital armosrosis so it's the most common inherited inherited childhood blindness and they're actually able to genetically engineer that fo- uh, faulty photoreceptor gene so that once again, it can make a full-size functional protein instead of the broken one. And then eventually, the, the child is able to restore the vision. Isn't that crazy? Or dude? regain vision. Isn't that crazy? And like you don't hear a lot of CRISPR-Cas9 stuff just because it's, it's still pretty new. So there's like any kind of new drug or, or new therapy. You have to kind of start in the outer skirts. So you have to kind of go in and look for this vulnerable population that isn't studied very deeply or not trying to be fixed and you got to fix that and once you kind of figure out how to do that then you tackle the next thing the next the next thing then it becomes more mainstream because you can't just take um a new therapy like crispr cas9 and start 
messing with people that have, you know, cystic fibrosis or that have like, you know, BPH, things like that. Like you have to start somewhere and you learn more about the therapy because just because it works to treat one thing doesn't mean it's going to work treat something else just because the mechanism mechanism of action sounds pretty good, right? And that's why, like I said in the beginning, that there's different kinds of modalities on how to do it, not just CRISPR-Cas9. Just because CRISPR-Cas9 doesn't work for one thing doesn't mean another thing with the same mechanism isn't going to work. So it's actually yeah. like a lot of creative stuff has, has to be done to make this all fall in place. I wonder if eventually we're going to incorporate these technologies in the hospital. Never know. But it might take some time because like look at the way we like send out blood cultures. Like we're still growing things in Petri dishes. Mm -hmm. Like I think that's old technology. Yeah, but it's it's, it's old, but it's very effective. It's working. Yeah, you know, we have protocols. And yeah, because you're literally growing that person's that you're going that bacteria to that person's blood yeah. so you can't get any more accurate than that right i know but imagine like yeah like imagine like if we stop treating with antibiotics and in the future we basically have a blood sample they run it on the centrifuge they, we're able to find out within that hour what kind of bacteria we're dealing with in the blood cultures and then we could what if we just create like crispr cas9 right away t-cell therapy this is the threat. Go neutralize it. That'd be crazy. Or like imagine releasing like nanoparticles into your blood, basically. Yeah. yeah. And this will help a whole population because once you figure out how to destroy certain bacteria, you could just make that the gold standard and just kind of, someone comes in with staph and CRISPR-Cas9 system is able to efficiently like mess with the DNA sequence of, of, of staph. Do you kind of put that to everybody? Yeah. What, remember how we talked about the organ on chip? Mm-hmm. Like that's already technology that they're using. They're able to take these cells and uh, what was it called? They're able to transport and create like a, a transport mechanism for specific things. Yeah, technology. like basically they, they map how a certain organ works and they basically make a computer program and they could, they put it on a chip and it's literally functions like the literal functions and you just hook up, hook up to different things, introduce it to different environments and it literally functions like the liver. It's crazy, dude. And that's why like, Science is kind of, that's, I get so upset when people like say that, you know, this is the right way to do things. This is what science says, but like science is always changing. And mm -hmm. I bring this up like every single damn episode because we're so like fixed on things that we're doing now. Right. And I don't want to even talk about them because we're going to go freaking get this episode deleted again. But it's like, come on guys, science is not a fixed S like it's changing. It's adapting. And we have no idea where CRISPR might go. That's the beauty of it. Like, you know, it's like if you compare it to like a religion where a lot of times religions are just one way or the highway you could look at science as like a religion but it's always changing kind of right Would that makes sense it is changing because mm -hmm. remember that um i don't want to talk about religion right now but i was looking on the internet and like pope francis said that now females are going to have to do have a higher role on the in the church and the altar mm -hmm. but also all of a sudden they're they're allowing that why mm -hmm. because culturally we're shifting into the whole equality movement correct yeah. so now the church has to adapt because if they didn't adapt well they're going to get freaking uh, shunned upon like oh wow you're not allowing women to do a b and c yeah. and they want to fit in they want to fit in and it's money and it's yeah it's one yeah. of those topics man what is guys we should save that for that loud because yeah. we're actually going to record one right after this episode yeah. all right guys well thank you for tuning in had some pretty cool topics today we talked about the dangers of e-cigarettes and vaping to your gut health to your gut genome and then we also talked about CRISPR-Cas9, what it is, and what are we using it for today? Peace, ladies and gentlemen. See you guys.